It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Gearheads know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. There's the Blue Room on a Monday, and it's sort of a little bit different for you today. Obviously, no football for the Toffees this weekend after being knocked out of the FA Cup. Uh, but we're going to talk about Everton's manager, and I'm delighted to say coming up, is a chat I did earlier with Professor Chris Brady, who was the co-author of the Carlo Angelotti biography, Quiet Leadership, which I'm sure plenty of you have read by now. Um, this show will be going out in full on the Blue Room Extra to full 28 minutes or so. If you listen to this on our free feeds, it'll be about 12 minutes. If you do want to sign up to Blue Room Extra to hear this in full and tons of other content as well, building up to the game against Watford this weekend and looking back on that remarkable game against Newcastle, it is patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. It is free ninety nine a month. We do roughly 20 hours of extra content to all the stuff we put out here and we are going to be announcing a lot more content next week that will be featuring on European football on Everton's Academy on the new stadium and all that sort of stuff so just a reminder it's patreon.com slash blue room extra to get more from us but for now here's Chris Brady talking about Carlo Angelotti and the book Quiet Leadership. Chris does join me now Uh, Chris thanks very much for coming on the blue room first and foremost. Very welcome never been on the blue room. (laughs) Yeah first time for everything Uh, to be be fair I don't think many people expected Carlo Angelotti to be rocking up at Everton either to be fair so it's uh, it's, it's one of them Uh, we were just saying there before we hit record that I'm sure you were delighted at Christmas time Uh, Carlo getting appointed every Evertonian who had a a, a parent or a partner or you know son or daughter who was doing the last minute shop and got that book for Christmas I think. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. Well, I'm well pleased with that then, obviously. <laughs> um, and, uh, I mean, e- even Carlo might see an extra couple of bobbing, you know, because obviously he's short of a few days. So he'll so um, so we, so we be well pleased. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, I'm sure he's uh, he's, sure he's not too short of that, certainly on this new contract he's on at Everton. Uh, but before we, we, we get into this, um, I'll obviously introduce you earlier on to the show, and, you know, you've, you've done so many books and so many things in the game, I think. 
Could you just give our listeners sort of an insight into your background in football and football management and leadership? Well, I suppose it started um, with my dad being from Bootle and, um, and my mum both came down to London during the war. And uh, I was born just after the war, so um, uh, and they stayed in London. So, so I'm a Londoner, but Evertonian from birth, basically. And um, interestingly, I used to follow Everton. People, people listening to this will, will be amazed, and probably yourself. But I used to follow Everton. My my dad's brother used to work on the Liverpool Echo, and they he used to get the paper together on the Saturday night after the game and send it in the post down to us in London. And I used to read about Everton because there was nothing on telly, nothing on the radios in those days. And I just used to read about it. And I used to read about, you know, Davy Ixon and people like that coming up through. Um, and that's who I wanted to be. I wanted to be Davy Hickson. So I've got a long Evertonian history. So as you said, I was well pleased when Carlo decided he wanted to go there. Yeah, I can imagine. Do you think maybe your your talk about Everton and talk about being an Evertonian maybe seeped through into Carlo's subconscious and, and at some level you're, you're responsible for him coming here? <laughs> I, I doubt it. I, I, I doubted some of the stories I told him probably would have put him off. So, uh, <laughs> um, so, no, sorry, go I, ahead. I, I did. I did tell him to watch the um, watch Howard's Way. I said, uh, yeah, watch that. If you want to get an indication of what it feels like to be an Evertonian, I said, watch that. He's definitely got a copy of that. Has he got back to you? Has he watched it yet? Or I, I don't know. I haven't spoken to him since I sent since he got a copy. Oh, fantastic stuff. And um, on to the book then. And you know, it's it's fascinating how this has sort of come full circle for yourself um how, how did you, you did you fall into the place where you're writing a book with Carlo Angelotti um it must it must have been pretty exciting for yourself first and foremost to begin with yeah it was it was um it was it was just luck really I was at a, I was at an event and uh, um a, a woman walked up to me and, and and just introduced herself and um and I didn't recognize her at first but they said oh yes she was a student of mine um many years ago and um, this was a big footballing event. And I said, well, yeah, it's odd. What are you doing here? And she said, oh, uh, I'm here with my fiancé. You know, and I said, oh, who's that? And she pointed over to this group of guys. And I said, well, which one? Which one's your fiancé? She said, that one, that one there, Ancelotti. I'm like, oh, right, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Any chance of introducing me? And she said, uh, yeah, yeah. And so we walked over and we sort of struck it up. And then uh, later on, we had dinner and... Uh, she and my wife got on well together and Carlo and I got on well. And then about, I suppose about a year later, he was talking, uh, they were talking about writing a book. They wanted to do a book that wasn't just a memoir. They wanted to do something that, um, you know, had um, appeal outside of the game and appealed to not just people reading about the football, but reading about management issues in general. And um, and they asked me if, I, if I'd get involved in it. So, so I said, yeah, fine. And uh, I said, well, one thing is, Carlo, you need you need to give me about thirty hours of your time if this is going to work properly. And he was like, "Fine." And I said, "Are we going to do this? You know, ten lots of three hours or what?" And he said, "Well, we live in Vancouver. Why don't you come over and spend a couple of weeks there, and we can do it all in two weeks, which which is more or less what we did." Fantastic. And, and just interestingly, on that, you said he didn't want to write a memoir, and I imagine if he'd put his memoirs down and you know talk about his career in detail and just sort of gone in the traditional route it would have been a, a fascinating book anyway what what was his motivation behind wanting to to do a book with that different angle that you mentioned i think it's because he'd um he'd, he'd moved on a little bit from when he did he did the sort of classic autobiography um about five six seven eight years earlier 
and he'd moved on a bit from there and he wanted to uh people were asking him to talk at different types of events you know maybe talking about um you know talking to businessmen and so on and so forth and he he, he sort of wanted a better idea of what that how how generic management principles fitted in and was there anything particularly different and and I sort of started off by saying to him well actually there's no there's no difference you know there there are generic management principles and they apply across all industries uh, every industry tends to think they're special but basically they're not um and he it just interested him i think and and uh, and off they went. It's. I think that's that's a, a fascinating thing because it's something we, you know, when we we get guests on the show and we speak about football and we sort of compare it to the the everyday person doing an every everyday job and you know one of the, the throwaway lines is well if you're not doing your job in in so and so you get sacked or you, or you get replaced and that that's often referred to football and I've sort of always been a bit skeptical about the the crossover because I feel as though football is is such a, a unique beast but it, you know it, it seems clear from yourself and from what Carla was saying you clearly you know better that there is a lot of transferable skills and, and transferable qualities yeah they are I mean. At the highest, at the top top level, the top level of the theory. I mean, not the top level of the game. But if you look at the you know the macro view of it, there's you know there's a there's a job to be done. Um, you get the right people in to do it. Um, there are teams to be run. There are leadership issues to be confronted. There are people involved all all, all the way through. And so you have a you have a row with a player. It's the same as having a row on the shop floor somewhere. Somebody's got to manage it. Somebody mm. somebody's going to then sack that sack guy or. Or, or, or keep that guy on, or, or imagine one of one of the, one of the um, things that always fascinated me was I interviewed uh, Walter Smith many years ago. Funnily enough, when he was at Everton, and um, we were talking about the ideal structure of a team, and he said, "Well, you know, I'd like I like to play in this particular way." Uh, he said, "But what you have to remember is when you are uncomfortable with that left back or that right midfielder or whatever, you still have to put eleven people out on the pitch." So. Mm. While you're waiting to get rid of that guy, you still have to manage it, and it's exactly the same in any in any company in any firm. You know, you can't just say, "Well, I'm fed up with this guy. Go out." Somebody's got to sit in that in that chair later on. Somebody's got to do that particular job. Somebody's got to perform that function. And so, there there are huge similarities there. The biggest difference, I suppose, in football, it's a bit similar to the film industry and the other industries, is that at the lower end people will basically do the job for free. Um, mm. At the top end, nobody gets out of bed for less than 10 million a week. You know, so, um, you know, if you look at the film industry, for example, people will be extras for free. People will pay to be in films, you know, and, uh, uh, but at the top end, you know, they're getting paid millions and millions and millions. And so it is, un- it, is un- uh, it is an unusual industry like that, but it's not a unique industry football. It's very much like the film industry, very much like all entertainment industries where people are being paid massive amounts at the top end and doing stuff busking on the street at the bottom end. And I suppose in, in football management as well, it's it's it's, it's very layered, and it, I imagine because you've got the the persona that managers put across to, to the media when speaking to, to people like ourselves, you've got the persona they put across in front of the players on the training pitch and behind you know, closed doors, and I suppose what you've got, the actual persona of them when, when it's stripped back, and I suppose that, you know, to, to put this in, in basic terms to yourself and, and bringing it back to, to Carlo, what, what's he like as, as a person and a fella? Is is what we see in front of the cameras very much what he's like in real life, or is he multi-layered and multifaceted? Well, I suppose he's multi-layered and multifaceted, as we all are, but 
it, it's more or less what you see. It's more or less what you see. It's very, very calm. Um, you know, we would call it laid back, but it, it, but it's very, it's very. He really doesn't deal in peaks and troughs. He deals in try, trying to keep everything on a level playing field. And interestingly, um, he he often says that he's often brought into a club um, to calm things down, and when they're calm, he's sacked because it's too calm. He says, <laughs> he, he says it's, it's, if if we're winning, it's because I'm calm. Mm. If we're losing, it's because I'm too, too calm. So um, he that's who he is. He is that calm guy. I mean, obviously he can get angry and he can get cross and, and he can lay into people. And I'd be very surprised if he didn't, uh, you know, after the Liverpool game. But um, uh, I haven't spoken to him since then. I, I thought I'd stay out of his way for a couple of weeks. Ready to get your glitter on? Then head to Worlds of Fun Grand Carnival from July 23rd through August 7th for a larger-than-life shimmering celebration. Join the spectacle of color, a dazzling parade of floats, performers, music, and beads that sweeps across the park. And take your taste buds on a world tour while dancing to music after dark. Save over 45% with the Carnival Bundle, which includes admission, parking, and three food tastings. Only at worldsoffun.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.